Well, here we are, back to work on this Tuesday, May 27th, 2020. Who's excited to get back to work? Woo! I do pray God for the ability to work. I pray God that that's what this nation was built on, on um, the right and the ability to work, not just to lay around and receive free money and let um, governmental agencies um, support us. Not to lay around, be lazy and sluggard, but to glorify God, not just in a um, building once or twice a week, but uh, rather glorify God everywhere. Um, the God in heaven who sits at the in the throne in heaven out there, and Jesus who sits at the Father's right hand, uh, ordains us every single one of us to work male and female, um, whether we work inside a home or out of, or temporarily in in the home, working out of a home, or essential in an office, we're still uh, to work somewhere. We work um, day and night to do the work in the ministry out there, which is not just in the building, that has been confused by religion, that says, oh, well, only certain ones do the work of the Lord. No, every single believer in Jesus Christ is committed and called to do the work of the Lord, period. Any other twisting of scripture to say different is just that. Uh, we know who the twister of scripture is, Satan himself. Okay, that wasn't uh, what this lesson was going to be. Somebody apparently that's going to listen to this and hear this. Needs just a little rebuking and reproving there. And I'll go back and ponder that one a little bit later. While back. Okay, the beginning of May. I guess it's a while back. Uh, reading through the scriptures out there and reading through the Gospels. And I was in Matthew. And I got to um, Jesus' pretty much his last day of freedom on earth. Um, or what we consider freedom. When he went into the Garden of Gethsemane, he took, uh, at that point, he only had 11 disciples remaining. Judas, at that point, was as sold as sold to Satan. And he was uh, selling out Jesus for what is the equivalent to uh, 20 bucks in today's dollar. Well, probably not today's dollar. That was probably 10 in today's dollar. Uh... You know, with the current economic climbing and whatnot. Um, so we had 11 out there. He took them with him. But he only took three that was even closer. His usual three. That was uh, Peter. Notice how we look throughout all the Gospels. Um, whether he, when he had the 500 disciples or the or he had the, um, the 12 key. And one of them was already of the devil out there and that was Judas Iscariot uh, because there was another Judas that was mentioned in there some people didn't know that unless they read the scriptures for some reason a lot of pastors and pre uh, preachers and ministers and teachers you miss that point so for whatever reason not saying it's disobedience rebellion we overlook it we don't teach it for some reason uh, must have been I drew my attention when I was studying for the master's degree in SS. Really? Okay. Uh, 
But if we go to this one here, Gethsemane, and we remember the words in First uh, Peter chapter two, when it was purpose for us to follow in His steps, Jesus went first. Now, yeah, that don't mean we go to the cross and get nailed too. We do have a cross to uh, to bear and to carry with us, but uh, <clears throat> which we must do so daily, willingly. But this lesson more is about uh, when you hear about that mythical and religious free will doctrine. Knowing most of the people that hear that from those, I think most of them are old style preachers. Free will is not even a biblical teaching. It's not even in the scriptures. Take any software out there, Bible Gateway or Bible Hub, and just Google that. Um, you won't see any relational scriptures to it. Um, we do have choice, because uh, God doesn't want force anybody to follow him, but he does say, follow me. My, my way is the narrow path, not the broad. He gives us warnings. He says, you either follow me, or you don't. You follow me, you'll end up in heaven. You believe in me, you're shrinking out of me. Or if you don't, you'll end up in hell. But he doesn't force us to do it. He tells us the consequences if we don't and the benefits if we do. Never guarantees, never ever guarantees it's going to be easy because this world is still following the broad path, still following their father Satan. They could be in church every week and still follow father Satan. Okay. There's a few lessons on this one. I may have to do this a multiple title one. Uh... Not that I'm crazy about titles. Uh, but the context verses that we're looking at is Matthew 26, 36 through... Uh, I look at my sheet paper here. 45. You know what? I'm not going to read it all. Because uh, it's not better to read it all. But the three verses that I we want to look at is really pay attention to is Jesus said three times in this Matthew had the most detailed it's also listed in Mark 14 and I believe uh, man I just found it too Luke uh, over in Luke the place Gethsemane is not mentioned but it just said the place in the only mention one, Matthew has the most detail, wrote down the most detail out of three of the four gospel letters. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Imagine in verse 39, he says, My father, if it possible, let this cup, this ain't the whole verse, obviously, um, pass me, yet not as I will, but as you will. This is Jesus, who's the Son of God. Who was God and is God always will be. In this particular time. He was laying it down. Nobody took it from him. Verse number 42. He said it again. If this cup cannot pass away. Unless I drink it. Your will be done. Uh, and then verse 44. It was subtle. But it wasn't as clear. So he left them again and went away. And prayed a third time saying the same thing once more. So three times he laid down his will. We're so worried about our will. Being we want our will to be done. We want God to bless our will. That ain't what it's about. 
even in Romans chapter 8, when the Spirit makes intercession for us according to the Father's will. Go back to the old prayer that many of us, if not all of us, grew up hearing in Matthew chapter 6. The, the Our Father, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Okay, there's no emphasis added there. Lead us not into, into temptation, which... The Father never does. Satan is the tempter. Jesus Christ is the deliverer from temptation. He's the way of escape that's mentioned in the Corinthians. Lead us not temptation, but deliver us from evil. For that is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Dang. That's been a few years out there since I said that. I remember that. We don't have to say it verbatim. That's not the prayer. That's the form of the prayer. You know, the key thing here is not not my will or not our will, but the Father, but only the Father's will. That's it, period. Being the Father's will as the Father sent the Son Jesus down for one purpose only, to suffer and die on the cross, to be buried, and on the third day to raise again, and then four days later returning back to heaven, sitting down at the throne, picking up his crown, and sitting at the right hand of the Father, where he's sitting right now, making intercession for us, especially when we mess up. For those, but who's the us? The us is those that, only those who have believed in him. Now, it is God's will that we all be saved. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that is only he gave his only Son that who shall ever believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Notice it says, Who shall believe? That's that choice that we all have to make. We all have to... And the Holy Spirit is working in the background for those that love him. The way we work should not be according to our will, but the Father's will. Where we work should not be our will. We should never be choosing a job. Now, I'm talking to believers here when I said we. Um, should never be choosing a job based on how much money will it meet this particular mortgage. Can can I keep all my possessions and my assets? As a believer in Christ, when we truly, if we have not truly, genuinely laid our will down, then we're not following Jesus Christ. We may not even believe in Jesus Christ. That's not a judgment statement. That's an observational one. No learning, way weak one. Learning who the Father is. If Jesus Christ Himself laid the will down, look at some of the adjectives that was in uh, verse thirty-seven. And He took with Him Peter and two of sons of Zebedee. That was John and James out there. Uh, contextually just to, to know that and he began to be grieved and distressed grieve uh, it's in the Old Testament was worry he went sucks uh, anger grief but in the New Testament and this one is to be said heaviness distressed um Distressed means either to have harass or trouble. 
what was Jesus himself harassing at? Because he was getting ready to have my sins and your sins and all of our sins poured out upon him who was sinless. Look at that first Peter one again. Jesus was perfectly sinless. The only human being to ever be 100% sinless. He died for you and me. And we won't believe in him and surrender to him? That's like foolishness, don't you think? Uh, another adjective that's in there. I think that would be an adjective. Okay, wasn't it? You don't have to be an English major to uh, to know God. Anybody that teaches otherwise, you're deceived, bro or sister. Go down in the 38. And he said to them, now again, he's talking to the three of them. My soul is deeply grieved. That's taking this grief to a deeper level. Deeply itself means intensely sad. That means the depth of his soul. This is how much Jesus Christ loves us. That he was deeply grieved over having to carry the sins. And yes, he knew what kind of pain that the flagging and being nailed to that cross was going to carry. And even more deeply grieved, he knew that the Father could not and will not be able to, or would not in this case, be able to look at him because of his sin. This is God himself. He won't be able to, because God cannot and will not look at us when we're still in our sins. He's just like, he gags. Ah, uh, okay, that probably sounded gross out there. You, you, uh, wasn't as gross as it sounded. Uh, when's the last time we grieved over our sin. When we sin, we sin against God. When's the last time we got grieved over it? Enough so we lay it down. We may, we recognize Jesus suffered and died for it. We says, Father, I messed up. Again, oh, and it, I committed a sin against you and may been against another human being, whether a brother or sister or not. But it was first and foremost, that's what David did when he sinned with Bathsheba. Plus the uh, the murder, um, or the conspiracy to commit murder and whatnot. Okay, I'm way into, I know a little bit of law enforcement, so I know legal terms. Uh, some of it's by TV, some of it was just having learned years ago. Uh, basically, it was conspiracy to commit murder, and he made his men do it. Uh, and of course, back then, you don't disregard a ruling that comes down from the king. Because uh, that could put you to death also. And, and he told Joab to do it. Job, not Job. Wrong one. Joab to do it out there. It's like was his main man. Yeah. Uriah was one of his mighty men. And he had him put to death just so he could take his wife. But he was. it was God. Psalm 51 it's David's repentance of it. And he realized, God, it's you are sin. He was deeply grieved inside of him. Convicted by it. Not just because he got caught. But because he did it before God watched that whole thing. And it wasn't pleased with him. So again, are we grieving? And then, who do we grieve? Are we grieving over the sins? Not to the level Jesus grieves. But are we grieving over the sins of the lost? To say, Lord, Jesus... If you don't make a way for them to soften their hearts to hear the gospel and receive the gospel, they're in their sins. They're going to go to hell. When's the last time we got deeply grieved over the loss? There was 
when it's our will, if we're trying to do our will instead of the Father's will, we're just going to see the lost. They're going to say, oh, Lord, save them, please. What was that? That's like one of those little prayers. Oh, Lord, don't let me crash today on my way to work. Or don't let me, if you're flying, don't don't let the plane crash. It's just, that plane, that plane's okay, but it's like, okay. Is that truly the Father's prayer? I heard it once before from a brother in Christ at a men's conference one time. You know, which prayer would actually be, well, they're both good, but which prayer would actually be more, show us more in love with Jesus is, Lord, if today's the day out there that, uh, I don't make it to work out there and I die out there and, you, and I go home to be with you, then let that be done. Let your will be done. What's better? To ask, oh Lord, let us be sweet and simple. Let us go into the building. Let us have nice, comfortable, cushiony sheets out there for our butts, out there, so they don't hurt. Out there, you know. It says, oh, Lord, let us go out and get our hands dirty. Doing the work of ministry. Let us not be afraid of this virus that it may kill us or not. Nothing can kill us unless it's according to the Father's will. Jesus says somebody could give us poison, not that was going to do it. And don't go on and drink poison and test the theory. Because God says, don't test me. He tests us to strengthen our faith. Not to destroy us. He's not going to tell us to go out and drink. God will never tell us, never did in this word, to go out and drink poison. But if somebody attempts to poison us overseas, they may do something like that. But if it's not according to fire as a will, like when Paul got bitten by that viper, everybody on the island of Malta knew that in Acts chapter, I think it was 26, maybe 28, near the end of Acts. Uh, don't matter where. God doesn't care about verses in... Uh, doesn't care anything about verses and chapters because when he spoke to those 40 authors, the 40 writers, he didn't give them verses and chapters. Anybody that thinks he did, you're blind. You're being blind by Satan. Ask God to remove the scales from your eyes. He'll do it because he, he's waiting for that prayer actually. Um, so, are you praying your will be done? Look back at Psalm. Psalm okay, I'm tired. What? I got used to getting up at 7 o'clock in the morning and I had to get back up at 3.30. Actually, I woke up three times all night. I don't get no sleep too much every day. God's definitely doing a deep work in me. Uh, it should be. If God's not doing a deep work in you, cleansing you, pruning you out, you may not be His. Yet, you still may be Satan's. So, just ask God to do a continual pruning. If He's not pruning you, if He's not, uh, then you're not His yet. Because the scriptures are clear. He refines us. And the only way to get refined is through the fire. Uh, look at Psalm 37 in verse chapter 4. It says, Delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. Most of us only want God to give us the desires of our heart. But usually those that pray that second half of that verse don't want the first half. They don't really want to delight ourselves in God. In Him, knowing Him, knowing His will. When we read the Scriptures, we want to say, "Lord, what can we get out of it for ourselves?" No, 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 no. That's not. That's our will. Everywhere in Scripture, all the main ones of Scripture, you will see where everybody lay down their will. Why don't we try praying every morning when we get up, saying, "Lord, 
Thank you for this day. Thank you for waking me up, Lord. I, you know, yes, part of us do desire to go home and be with God. We'll definitely be out of the way of what's getting ready to come on this earth. We ain't seen nothing yet. Okay, I was. I, I didn't think I was born as a redneck, but I guess I was. Uh, but that's a. Uh, I guess I spent too much time in the South. Uh, stop correcting people with your English Asia because English is not required to study the Bible or to know God. Matter of fact, to know any, you know, if you're from another country, obviously you're going to know your language if you're living in that country. So, are you struggling with laying down your will? Believe in Jesus Christ today. Trust Him. He's the only one worthy to be trust. Don't trust. Stop trusting in man or woman. The Bible uses because when it says man many times, most of the time it's meaning mankind, meaning humankind. Uh, that's another false teaching that's come out of there saying, well, obviously God says woman's perfect, man's not. Bible don't say that. You got to look at the context and see if he's talking about mankind or humankind. You know, then you, there's even deceptive teaching out there that says, Ah, well, you shouldn't use humankind out there. Yeah, well, that's the race, humans. Uh, there's nothing wrong with humankind. It's like mankind, you stop getting so... And I'm not going to get caught in no argument with words. Whether it says humankind or mankind out there, it's still meaning all humanity, all flesh. He's not talking about animals in that case. He's talking about the two-legged kind, us, me and you. So, oops, gotta get ready to go. Love y'all.